This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee. The governor says out loud what we've all been thinking. Certainly with COVID, you know, there's always people trying to push political agendas, partisan narratives, regardless of facts, trying to gaslight people. And this is no place uh, for those phony narratives, uh, for political posturing, uh, or for partisanship. And that's a wonderful sentiment, but clueless nonetheless, because in DeSantis' world, he's the victim. He's not the guy slinging bullshit. Miami-Dade school superintendent draws a line in the sand. He opposes the governor's emergency order that forbids mandatory mask policies at public schools and told the Board of Education their threats mean nothing to him. For the consequences associated with doing the right thing, whatever that right thing is, I will wear proudly as a badge of honor. Democrats who serve in Congress are criticizing the governor's mask policy, or the lack thereof, and they blame DeSantis for the resurgence of COVID in Florida. When it comes to COVID, Florida still remains one of the most dangerous and least prepared places to be in America. And no one bears more responsibility for that than Governor DeSantis. He seems to be working overtime to make the conditions here worse. We're number one, uh, and that is a dubious distinction for us to hold right now. And, And I put it at the feet of Governor DeSantis. Do the right thing to protect our kids and our constituents. Defy this governor's dangerous anti-mask COVID blind agenda. We'll also have your calendar of political events and the stories of two Florida men. One of them used a bogus credit card to steal $10,000 worth of home equipment supplies from a Home Depot. The other had his phone in one hand, his dick in the other. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, August 19th. This is World Humanitarian Day, National Aviation Day, National Potato Day, and National Soft Ice Cream Day. On this date in 1941, the German army invaded the Soviet Union. It was called Operation Barbarossa. It did not go well. In 1944, the last Japanese troops were driven out of India. In 1953, the democratically elected Prime Minister of Iran was overthrown in a coup that was orchestrated by the UK and the US. In 1960, American pilot Francis Gary Powers was convicted of spying by the Soviet Union after being shot down in a U-2 reconnaissance plane. And one year ago today, Apple became the first US company to be valued at $2 trillion. On Tuesday, the State Board of Education voted to punish the Broward County and the Alachua County school systems for requiring students to wear a mask when they returned to the classroom. On Wednesday, the superintendent of Miami-Dade schools told the board to do its worst because they're doing it too. Alberto Carvalho told the board he's more concerned with the health of students, faculty, and staff than the governor's emergency order that masks may not be mandated. My office is a few blocks up the street, just a few more blocks from there is a bridge where over 30 years ago, I called home, I was homeless. Immigrant to this nation, an American by choice, not by chance. Born into poverty, the only one of six in my family to graduate high school. Coming to this country alone at 17, working as a dishwasher, as a busboy, as a construction worker, right here in South Florida. I have felt fear in my life. When you're homeless under the bridge, you fear. When you are a 17-year-old alone in New York City or in Miami, you fear. The conditions before me today, other than the impact to health, do not cause fear in me. 
for the consequences associated with doing the right thing, whatever that right thing is, I will wear proudly as a badge of honor. So I'm going to leave here today. I'm going to go to my own school board meeting, and I'm going to do that which is right, rightful, and righteous. For right before getting here, and just a few minutes ago, I spoke with a teacher who happens to be the daughter of another teacher, begging me to do the right thing for her mom is about to be intubated at Jackson South. Yesterday, I spoke with the mother of a child who died. Over the week, I've spoken with employees and their relatives, begging me to do the right thing, recognizing that the multi-tiered approach to ensure the health and well-being of our students and those who are going to schools every single day is the least we could do. And I will do all that I can to do that. I know a number of you. I am friends, actually, with a number of you. Today, I received messages from three former State Board of Education members, including two chairs, asking me to do the right thing. If the consequence at any point in my career is a threat to my own position, it is okay for the place I've called home right now, not too far away from the place I've called home before, and I'm comfortable in both. We will do the right thing. I thank you for your support of public education in this state. I thank you for your friendship. I thank you for your determination and resolve. And I thank you in advance for doing the right thing. These are difficult times, and the people will be returning to my classrooms come Monday. Expect no less of me. I will be in those schools side by side with them. And I'm ready at the appropriate time to answer questions, as I've heard questions being asked yesterday. And I stand with the principals, the teachers, and superintendents across the state in doing all they can, as they've done over the past 18 months. There's been no vacation for me. I have not gotten on an airplane, gone to Mexico, or visit my family. I've worked. I delivered personally 200,000 meals out of trucks to needy people in this community, side by side with teachers, with police officers, with principals, who themselves have not taken a vacation. We went into the migrant camps to find students who had disappeared. And if the reward is a threat, I will wear it as a badge of honor. I close, Madam and Mr. Chair, board members and commissioners by reflecting on that which is legal versus moral and ethical. And I need nothing more than a photo that I saw two days ago coming out of Afghanistan. What a C-17 transport plane broke all the rules and laws, but saved 614 people. When that plane was designed to carry no more than 150, that young pilot the chiefs on that plane made a decision that broke the law and every single rule to save lives. They are heroes in my book. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. What did Education Commissioner Richard Corcoran and Board of Education Chairman Tom Grady have to say about this direct challenge to their policy? Not one word. 
Carvalho has more credibility than they ever will, so they kept their traps shut. Now, long after he was gone, two members of the board criticized the man, but if you don't have the stones to say it to his face, I feel no obligation to report it. Governor Ron DeSantis addressed the controversy Wednesday, doubling down on his emergency rule. He said parents have the right to send their kids to school without a mask, even if that means they'll be spreading the coronavirus. And he cited the newly approved Parents' Bill of Rights. Forcing young kids to wear masks all day, these kindergartners, having the government to force that, that's not defying me. That's defying the state of Florida's laws and the Parents' Bill of Rights that was enacted just this past legislative session that I signed into law. That was the legislature of Florida that said the parents are the ones that have ultimate responsibility uh, for health, education, and welfare. And so this is not just something we're making up. This is what the state law says. Uh, these emergency orders implement the law that the legislature passed. And I can tell you, I know that there's a lot of members of the legislature who say, wait a minute, you, you're just above the law? You think you can do whatever you want? Uh, that's not the way it is. So the, the legislature has spoken. I've signed it into law. Parents obviously are in the driver's seat here, and that's what the law is. There will obviously be, uh, there will obviously be consequences, I think, in probably a number of different ways. Um, and at the end of the day, you, know, you have local officials who do not believe they need to follow the law. That's what this is about. It's not about they're trying to posture it about me because if you go, if you make it about me, you get on CNN. We know that, right? Or you get some of the other media outlets. They'll like you if you do that. We know that. That's just how the game is played. But that's not really what it's about. It's about the people of Florida through their legislature have said parents have certain rights. And I can tell you this, a parent has the right to send their kid to school in the way that's most healthy for their child. Governor DeSantis held another press conference Wednesday in Pembroke Pines, where the state has just set up a new facility to offer Regeneron infusions. It's a monoclonal antibody that can provide some protections in the early stages of a COVID infection. And during that press conference, DeSantis said something we can all agree with. So much of what goes on, well, with almost everything, but certainly with COVID, you know, there's always people trying to push political agendas, partisan narratives, regardless of facts, trying to gaslight people, trying to pursue their own interests, even if it's not uh, going to be helpful for people, even if it may dissuade someone from seeking a life-saving treatment. Um, and this is no place uh, for those phony narratives, uh, for political posturing, uh, or for partisanship. 100% agreement on that, Gov. So maybe it's time you stop playing games with the COVID numbers. Stop trying to hide the true extent of the crisis started talking about vaccines again instead of Regeneron. Let schools protect their own students and stop behaving like a miniature version of Donald Trump. Like you said, this is no time for phony narratives, political posturing, or partisanship. Democrats on Florida's congressional delegation are taking aim at DeSantis on the issue of COVID and a lack of leadership. Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz of Broward County says DeSantis has failed in just about every way. When it comes to COVID, Florida still remains one of the most dangerous and least prepared places to be in America. And no one bears more responsibility for that than Governor DeSantis. It's no longer possible for DeSantis to label these horrific documented facts as mere media hysteria. In the face of these realities, his response remains apathy and obstruction. There's still no aggressive education outreach campaign into our vaccine hesitant communities. Instead, DeSantis actually downplayed the efficacy of vaccines this week. And last night, our State Board of Education voted to sanction rather than support local school leaders who want to protect children, teachers and staff with masks. 
and DeSantis still refuses to reform Florida's miserly, defective unemployment system, even after ending federal benefits early. Fortunately, President Biden extended an eviction moratorium, and Democrats in Congress provided Florida nearly $900 million in rental assistance funds, yet the state has only dispersed a fraction of that. And it's the same tale of dereliction with the $7 billion in federal funding from the American Rescue Plan designed to keep Florida children, teachers, and staff safe. More than two-thirds of it arrived in Florida from the federal government in March, and the state has yet to disperse it. Today is the first day of school in Broward County, yet DeSantis is willing to leave our children, faculty, and staff in harm's way with his COVID quackery. This governor is not protecting Florida from public health threats. He is a public health threat. How many records does Florida need to break before the governor takes his job in this pandemic seriously? How many children, staff, and teachers need to get sick or die until he stops pandering to the COVID conspiracy crowd? How long will we handcuff businesses from protecting customers or scare businesses from ever coming to Florida because it's a viral epicenter run by a governor who panders to COVID kooks? Florida residents need a governor who can lead them out of a crisis, not drag them deeper into one. Congressman Charlie Crist of St. Petersburg, who's running for governor next year, says DeSantis is risking the lives of Florida's children just to score points with Donald Trump supporters. We're in uncharted territory here. I'm in the Tampa Bay area. It was uh, just released that about 8,000 students in Hillsborough County alone are now under quarantine. This governor has not been responsible. He doesn't advocate wearing masks. In fact, he does exactly the opposite, uh, signing an executive order that local school districts uh, cannot have their students wear masks. Uh, that's being litigated essentially right now. But then they've doubled down more uh, along with the Education Commissioner Corcoran saying and threatening that if uh, some of these districts don't go ahead and keep their students unmasked, uh, that they may lose their jobs. They may take them out of office. Um, I don't know who these people think they are. I don't know that they understand what democracy is. They certainly act like they do not understand democracy. Uh, and I think it's appalling. They're risking people's lives. And, and for what purpose? I, I don't get it. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. The lack of responsibility, the lack of common sense, the lack of uh, any uh, empathy towards these children going to school uh, and what they're risking uh, you know, for sending them there and ordering that they not be allowed to wear masks. I mean, you know, what are these guys from the Stone Age? I mean, it's, it's incomprehensible what we're witnessing. We, the people, need to do what's right, utilize our common sense, make sure our children are wearing masks at schools uh, and doing the right thing. And God bless Broward County and Alachua County for standing up and fighting back uh, against the governor and his ill-conceived uh, advice and counsel. Um, it, it's just, it's shocking to watch this and very disappointing uh, and heartbreaking uh, as well. We're topping the charts in the country. We're number one. Uh, and that is a dubious distinction for us to hold right now. And, and I put it at the feet of Governor DeSantis. Sad to say, but true. Congressman Ted Deutsch, whose district includes parts of Broward and Palm Beach counties, says DeSantis appears to be doing everything in his power to make the situation even worse than it already is. And he's succeeding. DeSantis uh, has done nothing uh, because he... He has. In fact, seems to be he seems to be working overtime to make the conditions here worse. He's making it nearly impossible to flatten the curve of the current wave, to help our hospitals keep pace, to keep our communities safe by restricting the actions of city and county governments, school boards, 
uh, district officials, private businesses, everyone who wants to take action that the governor is telling no. Um, But I want to just focus on one specific issue before yielding back, which is the issue of of data. He's refusing to restart daily COVID uh, data reports. And it's the it's the reporting issue that feels particularly manipulative to me and I think to to so many of us in our community. As everyone knows, the governor hasn't allowed the Department of Health to restart daily public reporting on cases, hospitalizations and deaths. But the state still reports to the CDC. The governor is making a mess of the data that we rely on. It's just one more way that he's obfuscating, that he's blocking the public's view of of what the actual situation in our state really is. We need the governor to get off of the campaign trail and we need him to do his job because the political games that he's playing here are costing Floridians their lives. Uh, We need real information, straight talk. Our hospitals are full. People are still dying at the highest rate since the crisis started. I don't, for the life of me, understand what the political gain is to that. So he may be running for president uh, in in 2024. He may have decided to leave the state uh, to campaign rather, uh, rather than being here to deal with this. But the fact that while he's here, he chooses uh, to be on the warpath against those in government and business trying to be responsible isn't particularly shrewd politics. And he may think it helps him in some Republican year, some Republican primary years from now. But it's certainly not winning favor uh, among Floridians who just want some responsible leadership. And Congressman Darren Soto of Osceola County is urging other school boards across the state to stand up to the gov. Our message to school boards, cities, counties across Florida is clear. Do the right thing to protect our kids and our constituents. Defy this governor's dangerous anti-mask COVID blind agenda. And know that President Biden and the Democratic Congress have your backs. With funding and other resources, with science and vaccines, and we call upon President Biden and the Congress to help with the 15 billion in American Rescue Plan dollars that are still not being spent by the state. Just like President Biden said, if Florida and Governor DeSantis is not gonna help, then they need to get out of the way and we need to help usher them off the stage. We need to make sure we have direct funding of this 15 billion to local schools and no longer wait sitting on our hands for the state to act. The state won't act, we will. Two men from Gainesville are headed to federal prison for child pornography. 40-year-old Howard Anderson Jr. was sentenced to 20 years for placing a hidden camera in his bathroom to capture video of a child. 46-year-old Edgar Moultrie received 15 years in prison after being convicted of receiving child pornography and using a social networking site to engage in sexual conversations with a 13-year-old child who sent several videos. Your calendar of events begins early, 8 o'clock. That's when the Florida Board of Clinical Social Work, Marriage and Family Therapy, and Mental Health Counseling meets in Hillsborough County. Trustees at the University of Central Florida meet at 8.30. The St. Lucie County Legislative Delegation meets at 9 in Fort Pierce. The Florida Healthy Kids Board of Directors meets at 9 in Orlando. The Space Florida Board of Directors meets at 9 in Orlando. Trustees at the University of West Florida meet at 9. The Florida Defense Support Task Force meets online at 9, and trustees of Daytona State College meet at 2 in Palm Coast. 
A Florida man is being sought by police after he was caught masturbating on camera after entering a shopping center in Winter Haven. The guy was caught on camera in the Old Town Square with a cell phone in one hand, his penis in the other, and a mask on his face that makes it a whole lot more difficult to identify the perpetrator. Finally today, police are looking for the Florida man who went home remodeling with a $10,000 shopping spree at Home Depot in Ocala. He bought several smartphone accessories, a generator, an oven, a refrigerator, loaded it all in a U-Haul truck. Once he was gone, they discovered he had used a fraudulent credit card. That's it for this episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. 